So welcome everybody to another episode of the Rematches Clubcast. Here is what you have to look forward to in tonight's episode. And Donnie just logged himself off. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Craft Brews and Geek News Podcast. I am going to be your host and only one talking to you tonight. All right. It's going to be awesome. And I'm still talking to myself because Donnie hasn't logged back in, nor does he realize he's not here. Oh, this is just fan freaking tastic. And I have to go on to another link. God damn it, Donnie. Fine. Are you just yes. green lighting everybody? People are snorting condoms. Do not do this at home ever. <laughs> do not. Ten years ago, I, I didn't look that different. Uh, I've known you for about 10 or 11 years now, <laughs> Donnie, and you look the same, but... <laughs> A little bit more handsome now. Therm Scissor Punch, which is a <laughs> sweet name. <laughs> Welcome to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, craft brews and geek news. Sit back, pour yourself a pint, and let's get into it. Now here's the founder of the Brewmasters Club and your host, Donnie Gallagher. Welcome, craft beer. My name is Donnie, and I am joined this evening uh, by my good friend, Mr. Orion Broodboy813. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Donnie. How are you? I'm <laughs> doing great, man. Of course, this is the official podcast of the Rumashes Club. My name is Donnie, and this is Craft Brews and Geek News. We talk about national stories, local flavors, and our favorite geeky nuggets of pop culture. Boy, oh boy, do we have some stuff to get into this evening we start every episode off with our famous segment what are you drinking what are you going to drink and ryan i'll come to you in a second what i'm drinking what i'm going to start us off with is what i am drinking which of course is our lipstick on a zombie pig that's what we're calling it that's what i'm calling it for the time being until we refine maybe both the recipe and the actual beer itself but this beer yeah this beer is actually uh, joined or, or came to us from the Lakeland Brewing Company, which which is no longer in existence, sadly. But it's essentially a pale ale that's mixed with strawberry, basil, and black pepper. And um, the original flavor that I remember was that it was uh, it was it was a very very light beer, so it was a it was a very light pale ale, and then it had this this strong sweet um, basil kind of nose to it. And when you sipped it, you just got a hint of the strawberry and then a very tail on the very tail end you got a little bit of the cracked black pepper um this beer that we that you've brewed that we brewed around is um it's very close it's it's very close and it's very good and it's very drinkable and it's it's a fantastic beer fright now we've, we've got excellent weather here we've had it for a very long time it's a great beer to drink outside in the, in the heat or in the 75 and breezy that we've had recently which has been fantastic so i'm really enjoying it um but uh I mean, you've you've had a couple of pints of this too. What what are you, what is your opinion? I'm in love with this beer. And Donnie, when you picked up that twelve pack yesterday from from my house, and that keg kicked, and we were out completely, I was so upset because it really is a delicious, well balanced, you know, robust flavor in so many ways too. Uh, beer, um, it's 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 very good, and it's done nothing but change. 
the look on people's faces every time I've talked to them and given them some of the beer, which is probably why I'm out because I gave away a lot before I was able to fill your <laughs> bottles. But it, it's been one of those like, uh, you know, you know, everybody changes directions like with their heads and their eyes. It's just they open up. It's been really cool to see that. And um, I think I was impressed. You have something, though, to compare it to, which is what you were trying to reach. So it's a little bit different from you because you you've had this flavor before and you've and you love it and you wanted to chase after it a little bit. So for people that haven't tried it, they're like, wow, this is great. They'll probably compare it a lot of stuff to it. But for you, you're really trying to get to that next level. And I think we talked about it yesterday. If we cut down a little bit of the hops, I think we'll get there because yeah. it'll allow more yeah. of that basil to come through. But I still think it's a great beer, um, and I wish I had more. I've got like what one bottle left. You, you were kind enough to give me one of your bottles, which I appreciate. So you were kind of no, you were kind enough to bottle my bottle, so you're fine, man. Since <laughs> I can do no, it was it's really it's it's really close. Like it's I, I don't want to lie to you and say that it, it's on point or it's better. You know, it's 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 on it's in the right the right vein. It just it doesn't have it doesn't have enough of the strawberry on the finish when you swallow, and it doesn't have enough of the basil from the aroma of it. But but again, I, I agree with you. I think that there's an overtaking there of the it's either hops or something is is, is overtaking it there that I you know I'm just not sure what it is. But that's why we got to keep experimenting. That's why home brewing is so so much fun, right? You, yeah. You get a recipe like you hear a song on the radio, and you can't go home and play it. You got to figure it out. So this is us figuring it out, right? Like I, I enjoy yeah. that part of it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you were talking to might want me to have something ready for May 19th. Yeah. May 19th um, is uh, moving on before you. I want, I want to get back to yours. So let's let's we'll talk yeah. about May 19th here in a second. But yeah. what did you bring this evening? So I brought and, and I think reds are not as appreciated as they should be. Um, I think they get overlooked with ipas and with stouts and they, maybe even now with belgiums i think people are coming into their own with belgiums and i got the uh cigar city tokabaga and it is a red ipa but it's very malt forward whilst also being hoppy at the same time so that's what i like the characteristics blend very well together you get a lot of that caramel malt up front and then of course you get the the hops bitterness and things of that nature really refreshing hops bitterness and i think it's just a really well blended beer uh second to my favorite which is diver down because that's a little bit more malty but it's definitely a very well balanced beer and if you've not had it you should go get it so see i've never I it i've never been a red fan just because i don't know I don't know what it is. I think it must be the malt, the malt, like the over, like, oh, like, I like, I like browns. I like porters. I like stouts. I just don't like reds. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's my point. That's why I feel like they, there's a whole class of craft beer that's going underappreciated. And I think it has, I think a lot of it is the red ales. They're harder to brew be, because you have to get that good caramel malty balance to it. And sometimes it can be too strong it's easy to make an ale. You need some two row, some pale ale, and re, you know you're good to go. But it's hard to get a well balanced, malty, roasty, caramelistic uh, sort of beer connotation. And then to make this a hoppy, it, it's it's what I want my uh, sloppy redhead to be. It's what I it's what I want my my Belgium red to, to taste like too. Well, not as a Belgium, but you know that same malt recipe that I have for that. So well, no, I to, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like I feel like it's it's simply just like a it's a they just haven't figured it out yet, right? Like most most crap beers don't, because they either taste too boozy or too brownie. It's a, it can be overpowering. 
Yeah, they're a little bit spicy. Like it's just they, I haven't had one red that I'm like, oh, this red is freaking amazing. But have you had the diver taste. down? Diver down is that who's that from? It's not Copper's Hill, right? Well, Brew Hub does brew it. Um, but and I so I forget the yeah, Brew Hub does brew it, but it's it's the diver down. It comes in as it's an imperial red ale, and it comes in at like eight point two percent or something like that. Um, that's very malt forward. Um, yeah, see, I, maybe it's the malt forward that I don't love, and that turns people off. It can be a little yeah. harsh. So yeah, I it's just know. caramel. Is it, it pop a caramel sweet in your mouth and then go have a have a red or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but though that's interesting. And either way, I'm loving the lipstick on a zombie pig. So let's let's keep that going and let's see absolutely. No, we're gonna brew it again, and I think very soon. So. <laughs> Good. Well, you did mention a date. You did mention, um, you know, May nineteenth, and and as we do every single year. If you've been a long time listener, first off, we appreciate you. Secondly, uh, we hope to see you at a Temple Terrace Craft Brew Fest two thousand eighteen, which again is going to be on May nineteenth. 2018 from 4 to 8 p.m. It is a great time. We just have so much fun out there under the shady oak trees of historic Woodmount Park and Temple Terrace. 100 plus, I think we're up to 120 beers, 40 some odd breweries. Uh, it is transgressed into a, a huge thing since 2015 when we in the Rotary Club of Temple Terrace launched this inaugural brew fest. It is a lot of fun. It's actually gotten a lot of clout from the city. We happen to really enjoy being there. We meet a lot of good people there, and a lot of people come back every year after year after year. Last year, we had 1,500 tickets that all sold out, so please get your tickets in advance. Simply go to templeterracecraftbrewfest.com or ttbrewfest.com. Let's do it. <laughs> right. Well, we have to plug that because that is our that is our big key event. It's coming up. Oh, yeah. 37 days. It's like 37 days from now. So. That that feels like an eternity because I've been <laughs> counting down for my cruise and I know how long that feels. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just so. remember last like last time I looked at the counter, it was like eighty some odd days away, which is which is you know well over three months almost. So isn't it uh, amazing? You're like, oh, I got time, I, I'll be fine, and then like before you know it, it's here, and you're like, shit, what do I have to do? What do I have to pack? <laughs> yeah, it's literally here. So I think I think this year I actually got our booth moved a little bit, so we're gonna have power. We're gonna be close to an outlet, so Woo! hopefully, yeah, we're gonna do a, <laughs> we we'll get do power. a live, yeah, we're gonna do a live cast. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So hmm. um, that should be great. I'm very excited about it. We're going to interview some uh, some random people walking by drinking beer and stuff like that. Yeah. That was exactly my idea. I'm going to set a chair down, have a microphone, and be like, hey, man, come on over. Tell us what you're thinking. Uh, yeah. We'll see. So we'll see. I'm uh, sure we, we'll get some fun stuff from that. <laughs> I, think we should, I think we should do like a live Q&A, but we'll figure that out. and We'll get back to yes. you guys. And we've, yes. we've got two or three more episodes before we hit that date. So uh, just stay tuned and please do use the hashtag Brewmasters Club or um, hit us up uh, brood, at Brewboy8138. 813 right on twitter instagram facebook no uh no not for the facebook uh page i use my real name for that uh maybe one day i'll change it but <laughs> instagram and twitter uh those certainly, are the two that i want certainly go to our um our facebook group which is craft brews and Geek yes News. it is um it is actually you know dude we, we have like 40 people in that group now and then it started with just people. like the three of us yeah two people today just requested to, to join the people? group. Are you yes. just screen lighting everybody? No, in like an in like an hour. Like we yes, have that's awesome. requests. So that's awesome. We're no, moving up. 
I think we're up to like forty. With those two people, we're probably up to like forty six, forty seven. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. We're just like starting a little group and just like people contributing and, and throwing around conversations. So, um, so far, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's doing that. Mike, our guy, our guy Mike, especially, he's been there and he's been, he's been, you know, everybody's pleasant and they're nice and they just want to talk about what we're talking about and, and it creates conversation. I just love it. So, um, so big shout out to everybody in that group and, and please, if you're listening, and you're not in that group or you want to contribute to that group or you want to be on our Q and A for for Temple Terrace Craft Group Fest, please join the group yeah all you have to do it's all you get to do it's that easy it's that easy so transitioning there we've got two big stories coming up in our brews section so basically well there's three total but what is happening in the world of beer um and what is going to be happening first off ryan have you heard of this thing called glitter beer i have heard of glitter beer and from i tim. know is it from tim <laughs> yes yeah. it is and i'm not I hate it. About it. I hate it. (laughs) Maybe it's a way to feel fancy. (laughs) Who wants to feel fancy? First off, if you haven't heard about it, glitter beer is basically uh, it's soon going to be at a bar or a brewery near you. Trust me, it will. It's a uh, mica based pearlescent pigment containing mica and titanium dioxide. Trust me, it's completely safe to eat and consume. It is manufactured for food, and it's used in, in, in all things like cereals, confections, frosting, gelatins, candies, and chewing gum. So trust me, you're already chewing glitter beer and ingredients here. Don't be too <laughs> concerned. But it does look weird as hell. Not going to lie. Uh, I just, you know, we're at a, a, a point in human history where just recently we came off of eating Tide Pods for a challenge. I just am waiting for the day where this catches on in a good way. I'm not saying anything bad about the product itself, but somebody's going to be like, oh, shit, I forgot the glitter. Let's just throw something else in. And they're going to grab real glitter to make their beer sparkly. And that's just not going to go over well. Ryan, maybe I'm a pessimist. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna bring it down any further about that. But in between eating Tide Pods and glitter beer, people are snorting condoms. Uh, did, you about, did you hear about that? Yeah. Or see the, or see the videos. It's yes. terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely. A, they, they just had somebody on a local well-known radio station here in Tampa that actually as a performer does that for a living. Uh, it sounds real bad. And I, I haven't even watched the video. I can't even bring myself to do it because it's nor I. I've only seen pictures sounding. because I'm just like, I don't even want to be convinced that this is a good idea. Like yeah. <laughs> there's no inception going into this brain at this moment because this is the terrible this is worse than oh, Tide Pods. Maybe you should snort a condom full of glitter and then you can how about we get both how, knocked out? How about we snort a condom full of glitter with Tide Pod solution? There we and, go. We'll just and a little bit of beer in it. <laughs> oh my god. Do not do this at home ever. <laughs> do not. Do not do this at home. We are, we are not, not advocating not this. Advocating this at all. Do not <laughs> a condom full of glitter and Tide Pod sauce and beer. But, you know, I just wonder what the aftermath result of drinking glitter beer is. Like, does your insides become sparkly like a vampire from Breaking Dawn? I'm not worried about your inside. I'm worried about, I'm, about a, I'm worried about what comes out the other end. <laughs> well, I was being nice, that, but if you're going there, funny. we'll just slide right on out. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you'll 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 join Team Edward if you drink a, a glitter <laughs> beer, but you might you might just have something more hilarious to take a picture of later. I don't know. Find our human remains one day, just like a thousand years from now, and they're just gonna be like, like "What did what? these people do?" This is why they're not here anymore. <laughs> they literally destroyed themselves with glitter beer. 
<laughs> I can't take it. I really can't. But it's real bad. to each their own. If you want a sparkly, shiny beer and you want to present it to your significant other at some point in the evening, go for it. Just uh, have fun, I guess. I All don't right. know. Well, I want. I want to ask Tim. We'll ask Tim. But that's that's a that's a, a comment for another another time. It is. It Tim is. So far, is the only one of any brewing knowledge that's actually made or consumed one of these things with any kind of like. You know, clout. So I'll ask him, and I'm sure yes. Chris, 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 and and Christian probably have a good opinion too. So maybe we'll hit them up as yeah. well. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about it until then. All right. So, so the next story I have, because we have a ton of stories, um, it's basically th- there's a story that I found, and it, it talked about how craft beer may or may not have peaked, and the peaking of craft beer is what I found was interesting. Now, I'm taking that break. Did you want to talk about the? Yes. You want to talk about that? Just a little. I think it's important. I think it's actually because we've, we, you it's know, a cool story. Well, and we've talked a lot about this peaking of the craft beer industry. So I, I, I feel like we owe it to our listeners out there to come back around with at least a little bit of insight into what could potentially be coming into the craft beer community at some point. Yes. there, There's a University of Berkeley uh, student in actually a new small business that started and they're trying to manufacture a strain of yeast that actually will emulate and facilitate the need and the flavor for hops. So the the rise of this cause was that craft beer, you know, since 2004 or six or so has really, you know, just, just exponentially increased, especially like 2011 to like 15, where just, it just skyrocketed. So with, with that said, India Pale Ale, which is a pretty common, very common, as we were just talking about, um, type of beer, uses six times as many hops than conventional lager. So leading up until the you know mid 2000s, it was essentially that uh, you know craft beer was a series of lagers and things like that. Now now these India Pale Ales, as we just talked about, are, are so skyrocketed in demand that they're actually affecting the price of hops, which are still only grown in certain regions. So they're doubling price from two ninety nine a pound in two thousand seven to five ninety two a pound in two thousand seventeen. So ten years later. Um, and that's that's a huge increase, right? Like two dollars yeah. a pound. Well, so, and and the thing about hops is, and just I don't I don't know if the article or what what we've researched said is wet hops can weigh more than dried out pellet hops. So there's a big difference too in, in that price. But you can imagine that's a huge jump in ten years. That's double the double the price per pound almost. So yeah, it's huge. So so Charles Denby is the biochemist at UC Berkeley, and he's basically the one and the founder of of Berkeley Brewing Science, which is a beer startup that hopes to offer breweries a more sustainable way to brew hop-forward craft beers using genetically engineered yeast. I think that's absolutely crazy sounding. Denby figured out that there's a flavor of molecules that can actually give hops their grapefruity taste. So he infused, after isolating those genes, infused that with brewer's yeast and made one yeast strain that can actually give the yeast profile that it needs to do to to produce alcohol from sugar and grains and such and also supply the hop forward variety uh of the genome that they need to to produce that hoppy flavor uh pretty interesting stuff uh ryan i mean would you be interested in using a hop strain i mean a hop strain of yeast that you wouldn't have to hop at all (laughs) i i think it'd be interesting to see what the the this particular strain of yeast would do to a beer if it would give you the the hoppiness i guess my my biggest question is if i wanted to brew or or have my beer considered to be a double ipa or or something to that effect like 
you know, obviously he's going to have different strains. I think there's what 48 different varieties or something like that at this point. Well, they did no, they did 48 different tests and tests, then 48 tiny <clears throat> test batches of all these beers, and they actually gave them all to the Lagunetas uh, Brewing Company in, in Petaluma, California, where 27 brewery employees sat down and actually sat and, and tried a, a blind taste test. So this shit is actually like like trying to get the pros on board. Right? Yeah. No, I, I just I wonder how how you know how how strong a double IPA or or could could Dogfish Head potentially if if you want to go that route could they brew their uh 120 the way that it is could they brew their 90 minute the way that it is so I guess that's where I would want to see what the difference is if I was if I'm brewing a new beer versus if I'm trying to recreate my old like how how much yeast would I need to use for a Sierra Nevada torpedo or something like that that that's my only question I think it's a great idea because then it doesn't you know, you're not limited to not to only using this yeast strand. You could choose to use it or you could choose not to use it, which will lessen the demand on hops, not necessarily killing the hop growth industry, but at the same time, allowing it to breathe more lightly so that we don't waste our ingredients at a faster rate. So if we look at it that way, this would be kind of interesting. Plus think of all the different types of beers we could try, uh, to, to brew with this type of yeast that gives the 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 hop characteristics that that we all look for so i think it's interesting and i think this is probably one of the coolest stories that we've ever really talked about uh you know we've covered showered beers donnie we've we've covered um <laughs> true. you know beer that's made with human <laughs> piss like you know we've covered these stories but this one i think is and we've even covered to, to that credit, uh, obviously better than making beer with human piss. We've covered the story where um, uh, a guy was recycling the carbon or the CO2 released from yeah, yeah. the fermentation process. Yeah. So this is one of those integrated things where, uh, you know, the craft beer industry can continue to grow and and not use all the ingredients that we have at a faster at a fast rate. So I think it's kind of cool, to be honest with you. I think it's really neat. Well, you know, Ryan, like like after talking to you and hear, hearing your kind of take on it, which is which is exactly why I asked. I mean, it, it's it's interesting to see you because you're you're hinting on innovation, conservation, right, and, and preservation of the industry. So if 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 the yeast, I mean, if the uh, the hop market has exponentially increased like that, right? Just think about fuel, right? When we had a gas shortage, yeah, sure, you're you're gonna you had a spur innovation in terms of hybrid cars hydrogen cars all this kind of stuff this is simply to me the hybrid car of yeah you know, you know craft brewing I, I totally agree with your your question that you asked you know 35 or 40 seconds ago about what happens to a to an ipa a 120 or something like that from a dogfish head where the alcohol is also affected from that like is that the yeast strain that controls that completely yet delivering that same hot profile i don't know but but um, that another red flag raises up here where there's GMOs, right? People are very, very much divided on their genetically modified. In this instance, it's hops and yeast, right? It's it's a GMO. It's a genetically modified organism. So, like, what are people really going to be on the fence or on board with? I don't know. But this kind of raises the same thing. Eventually hundred years ago, I think it was, I don't know when it was exactly, but a long time ago, somebody said, Hey, we should put that roundup stuff in the crops. And that would stop the, the varmints from, from destroying our crop. 
And that's the first GMO that was established. And it was in corn or cotton and, and it's progressed from there, right? So yeah. we, we, we will hit that point of saturation where there's so many crops and there's so many pesticides and there's so many things where this may just be a different arm for craft beer to execute on. And maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, you, you're, you're saying as it pertains to making sure that we're not just pumping, uh, you know, our crops up to, to get hops at a faster rate so that this can slow down the, the need for GMOs. Or you're I'm saying just, that you're I'm saying that this yeast, this yeast has GMOs in it. I can't I, I wasn't distinctive. On that. That's what I'm saying exactly. This is a genetically modified organism. This particular strand of yeast that CRISPR oh, okay. is. But I'm saying I'm not saying that there's a there's an argument for it now. I'm saying that as we continue down this path, you will find people that that draw a line in the sand. They say, "Well, I will support a GMO product that will not support a GMO product, and it will be that way or the other until we continue, you know, to a point of where GMOs are either life saving or people." don't accept them so uh i i mean that's totally we're not gonna get into it yeah we're not gonna yeah. i don't think we should get into a gmo debate no and i'm not saying which, which and, way and we're I not fall on it. no yeah. but I, I i yeah i mean don't we're not falling on any swords either direction but i mean you, the article did say and, and and through research that 50 gallons of water is used for one pint of beer if if I'm not mistaken, so yeah. if if we can find a way to offset the need for hops, but still give the hop profile, but also save water and conservation in that standpoint, I think there's a I think there's a delicate balance. Now, obviously, when it comes to putting foreign things into our bodies, we do that daily. Uh, you know, that's it's a it's a great unthought of. Uh, I haven't had time to really think through it, but nowhere on my beers do I see as I drink daily anyway that they say they're made with organic hops or things of that nature. I think, you know, we're already yeah. kind of beyond that point. So, no, I'm just saying, like, you yeah. know, at one point in time, Monsanto wasn't a thing. Monsanto. <laughs> well, if you ever have a giant tomato on your plate, you know what you've got. <laughs> if you ever got a strand of yeast that doesn't require hops and makes the same kind of beer, you know what you've got. You know it's what we the should same do? argument. We should really just clip in a link here at the end for uh, Good Burger, <laughs> the, the movie, and just go back to the. If you do, you remember the movie? They used GMOs basically to make these giant hamburgers. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so I'm not, anyway. again, we're not. We're, yeah, we're not getting into that. I'm just saying that this is like you said. It's it's interesting. We reported on beer made out of piss and shower beers and all sorts yeah. of fun stuff, but this is an actual scientific thing that could influence the tide of future craft beer so so yes regardless gmo non-gmo however you stand we support it right i mean look we we, we support innovation in, in terms innovation of craft beer. and and would you rather our hops be uh be evaporated or with yeah. gmo or or you know well it's only or be destroyed know, or be destroyed so exactly i think this is a positive let's take it as a positive let's go in that direction and see what happens if it alleviates the pressure on the hop crops then let's let's go that direction because that's the only way that gmos will really find themselves in the hop crops is with the need to keep producing so that's true and, and beside that hop button issue We've we've got a couple <laughs> other stories. Did there, well done. Well done. Couple of no, not well done. This is embarrassing. <laughs> well, a couple, of, <laughs> couple other stories. Um, one of those which was uh, it came out actually through the uh, I think it was the Wall Street Journal, and it was it was again it was has craft beer peaked 
um, in an industry that's that's grown less frothy. More craft breweries have closed in 2017 than any time in the past 10 years. Now, if you look at that again, 10 years ago, 2008, craft beer was basically becoming a, a common term in the, in the regular household and we had you know less than a one percent stake there or one percent share of the of the production and the, and the beer kind of grasp it's now you know ex, es, er, escalated to uh, a 26 billion dollar retail value uh, by the brewers association this this last year so 2017 uh, it's absolutely insane but what this article is referencing is that it's down about one percent uh, since 2017, which is you know decreasing about 2.4 million barrels, which I don't think is a, is a major instigator of of craft beer being dead or 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 stop peaking. I mean, Ryan, you know you're you're a recent brewer. In fact, I can think back to a year ago where you didn't have the same knowledge or experience or your passion that you do now for it. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Well, you could go a couple different directions. Um, so, I guess what I what I want to go with is there's a thousand places that you can choose to on a nightly basis to go and get food, right? That's really within walking distance of where I live. I could choose twenty restaurants within a mile. Okay, sure. There's that. You know, sixty three hundred breweries operating in the U.S. That's that's a great number, and Every brewery that brews has a beer or two that's really good, I'm sure. And it's just how many people are drinking nightly basis. There's all these sort of factors that can go into it. But at the end of the day, some beers and some breweries are just better than others. And maybe they don't get the traction. Maybe they don't. Maybe that's one reason. Another thing, I'm going to throw Tidal Brewing into this. Tidal Brewing company is in not necessarily Spring Hill, but uh, Wikiwachi area all, all up north of us. They have been a brewery for over a year, but guess what? They just are now about to open the actual brewery. So I don't know how many of these uh, numbers that we have at the 6,300 mark are up and coming breweries or breweries that haven't opened yet, but they have been trying to build their brewery for over a year and they haven't you know, completely opened yet. So there's, there's different things that we're not seeing with that number, but I don't find it alarming because at the end of the day, if you brew good beer, you're going to have people come. And, it, and my philosophy, go ahead. Sorry. You're about to say something. No, 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 you're hundred percent right. And what I was saying, and I think it bodes well to your point that you're about to make, which I, I don't know, but you know, Chris, uh, during craft beer, Florida craft beer day, 2018, he basically said, listen, man, like you can, anyone can start a brewery. Just, just get the community behind you, and you'll be fine. And yes. and I think that's that's the kind of point that you're you're alluding to. Well, and Donnie, you to to your credit, you had that wonderful interview with the Brewers Association, uh, Julia. Couple, yeah, yeah, a couple months back. And you know, uh, if you can find, there's tons of there's tons of little pockets throughout the con- country that have five thousand, ten thousand people that don't have a brewery. You know, yeah. they're still drinking the the stuff that's on the shelves at their local store because that's all they get. They get the Corona, they get the Miller Lights, they get all that stuff. There's also still a ton of 
regular beer drinkers that just drink Miller Lite and Bud Light that won't go to craft beer for whatever reason. So craft beer breweries, maybe you should be trying to uh, find a way to do a craft beer Miller Lite, do a craft beer Bud Light. Get people that aren't normal craft beer drinkers into your brewery, and then maybe they'll try the Goza. Maybe they'll try the Sour. Maybe they'll try an IPA or something like that. There's There's got to be segues. There's millions of beer drinkers in this country. It's hard to believe that we can't service all of them through breweries, to be honest yeah. with you. So well, that's there's actually, room to grow. Yeah, well, that's and, – and I totally agree. And, and Ryan, you actually bring up a really good point. And so I was doing some research for this article that, that I – I posted here, but I was trying to think, okay, what was like, what, what country or what area has the, the you know, the biggest um, allocation of beer drinkers and, and sure enough, it's the UK, right? The UK basically, and this came out of an article in Australia. So please, you know, this math can be a little bit off, but I did most of it myself after seeing what they were kind of talking about in terms of who the, the most um, drinkable countries are. The UK is number one. And basically what that equates to is that the UK has uh, 1,625 breweries in this, the, the country, which is 25 breweries per million residents. And there's 66 million residents in the UK, right? So just to break this mouth down again, I did this independently. So there's one brewery every 60 square miles. Hard to equate to what that means, right? Here's what it means. In the UK, if you can imagine the territory or the, the square mileage of Washington, D.C., there is one brewery in Washington, D.C. That's that's what it equates to. So the size of Washington, D.C., which is a large city, it's 60 square miles, roughly, um, one brewery there. And replicate that across the entire country that is the U.K., and that's how many breweries you have. So uh, I also put some extra stats in here, like one and a half breweries in the Disney World footprint. So if you <laughs> go to Disney World and, and you've been there before, imagine there's only one and a half breweries there. That's how many breweries are in every equivalent of that distance and that footprint for the entire UK. So now you look at the USA, which you're like, oh, man, USA is first off way bigger. Secondly, a lot more residents, very, very much more underserved than the UK is. So in the UK, we had one brewery every 60 square miles. In the US of A, we have one brewery every 501 square miles. So UK, again, one every 60 square miles. USA, one every 501 square miles. Do you realize that this, the difference yeah. to, to the 10th power that that is? Yeah. That's like saying one in every city of Phoenix or one in every city of Los Angeles, opposed to one in every Washington, D.C., which is a lot smaller than the city of Phoenix or Los Angeles. Which is why we do not take that number for granted in Tampa, because we are blessed to have like we 65 <laughs> breweries within you know, St. Pete and all that the, stuff. At this point, yeah, at this point, we have, I think we have over 75 in the notes here. I put 80 plus, but I think in the Tampa Bay area alone, that's that's going up to Newport Ritchie, down to Sarasota. We, we've got roughly, you know, 80 plus. Yeah. Um, and but but see that math that I just relayed back to you guys would equate to 108 in the state of Florida, period. Period. If we're saying we've got 80 in the Tampa Bay area alone, you know that Florida's got way more than that. I, I didn't pull that up yet, but I'm just saying that the, the numbers don't lie. That stuff is insane. So one in every 501 square miles compared to, to the UK of one in every 60. So Ryan, with that said, that literally means that we could double up tenfold on every oh, yeah. brewery. Every brewery we have, that, that means 60,000 breweries in the United States, potentially. I think it comes down to like you It's like you said, up. 
Well, well no, you like can. you brought. No, we'll point each other out because exactly. It's it's exactly what Chris said. The community behind you. Yeah. Who do you have that's going to come daily or weekly to buy your beer? And, and, and that's very important. How big do you want to grow? Take take Chris, for example. 610 is in a, a small strip center, but they brew a ton of great beer. And they've probably got, what, chairs for 50, 60 people? Maybe. It's not a huge it, brewery. It's yeah. not a huge brewery, right? Yeah. But then take... Um, Cigar City, they've got a huge manufacturing facility out back, but they don't have really, they, they've probably got room for maybe 150 people uh, max or something like that. So, but they're also in distribution. And 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 so a 610, but who can, can you survive off of having four or 5,000 people on a monthly basis visit your, your brewery? That's that's kind of like what I see as a, as a revolving number. Is that many people going to a brewery? I don't know. But if you can if you can find a way to be successful with the community that you're surrounded by and not worry about depending on distribution or things like that, that's what I think can make a, a brewery be long standing. If your only goal, because this is not my only goal, but if your only goal is to get into being a brewer, a brewing company to be in distribution, I, I think that's really the, the the wrong thing to look at. You got to have you have to make people want your beer. Your beer has to be good. It has to be sellable, but it also has to be good, drinkable beer that people want on a daily basis. Will they travel to your brewery to get your brew? And I think that's what you can't miss when you become a craft beer brewery. So well, and I think and I think that's why I was pointing to you because I was like, well, like that reminds me of the you know, like you said, this I can walk in my door and hit ten different restaurants, and and I live in a different area of yeah. town than you do. I can't do that, you know. I can walk in my door and hit three restaurants, but does that mean I'm underserved for restaurants, or that I just understand that I'm going to drive to get there? So again, yeah. it comes back to Chris and his point of community. Well, it comes back to Chris and his point of community support, but it also comes back to the point of that I can also walk out my door and hit two breweries. You can't do that. Like I have two breweries. And no, I can but I can out. I can go to brew. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can. That's true. But I can walk out my door and go to two breweries. Now that bodes to the conversation we have with Julia and the, the Brew Association as to there is, you know, there are neighborhoods and areas of the country that have five, ten, fifteen thousand, and no breweries. Yeah. All we need is one of those or two of those breweries to be there. And now all of a sudden you're like in my area where you can't go out necessarily to a restaurant or eight different restaurants, but you can find two breweries within within a spit, you know, spitting distance of each other. So it's just interesting to see that kind of well, stuff. And and to, to kind of go further than that and talking about restaurants and all that, I would like to know how many breweries actually shut down because they also tried to serve food. I think that's an important number that we should keep track of because a lot a lot of places that open up and they they want to do food and brewery at the same time could potentially fail because food costs are more expensive. So I know Mad Beach does a great job doing it, but I don't know how well Wild Rover is doing at it with having like their beer is fantastic and their food is fantastic, but I don't know if having food and beer is a good combination. I'm not saying anything negative about their business model at all. I'm just saying, you know, I hope that they are successful in the long run, but uh, you know they they serve a different type of food. They serve English food, and not a lot of people go to traditional English pubs unless they're going to be going there for the brewery and the beer and the, the the atmosphere. So I'd be interested to know how many breweries tried to sell beer and do their own food at the same time uh, to to see how many actually closed because of that reason. But well, just think, just thoughts. 
Yeah, no, I think I think, but that's an easy conversation because I could, I I know um I know somebody over at the um, like Bevo Brady's if we could ask about food costs and stuff like that. So maybe we'll get some them on to get like some sort of a of a gastro pub type of uh, uh that or that or um I wouldn't mind reaching out to Mad Beach because uh yeah you know they learn kind of how how it is and what what the pricing model is and how well, they, they've got really good food too though so I would <laughs> kind of helps. I've I've always assumed that food is going to be a money maker because the the profit margin on those <laughs> on food is mostly pretty high yeah um, but I mean well Donnie how many times have you gotten a beer and you're like oh, I can't drink this take it back. Yeah, but the profit margin on beer again is super high. It's but very high. It is high, but at the same time, how many times have you bought food and you're like, ah, this could have been better? I mean, there's there's more room yeah, for yeah. error. You pay eight bucks for a sandwich and you throw it back. It costs four bucks for them to you know there buy you cash. Go. Then I mean, there's there's a fifty percent, seventy percent margin minimum. So, but, but all right, well, well we'll we'll cover that in a different. Yeah, episode. yeah. <laughs> I think we've really talked about that to 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 the nth degree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have good. we have really hit that home. So so there has something. And, and again, first off, before we move on to our next session, geek news, uh, drink it on in, send it back, whatever you want to do. That's that's just how we call it. Anyways, the thing that we want to talk about this week is that we have been gone for two weeks, like literally two weeks. So thank you all for joining and staying with us and listening and all that stuff. We just appreciate you guys so much. Um, it has been a tough. It's been a tough month. It's been a tough wild uh, last last few weeks for us. We had beer fests and family stuff and vacations and everything just going on at the wrong time. So we got out of Tampa Bay Beer Week. We thought we could just kind of you know, coast through and, and boy, were we wrong because it's just been a busy, busy couple of weeks. But the only thing I want to get through out of this, uh, this geek news section here, just because we're, we're literally out of time is, is the, the solo uh, movie, which, which broke, they had a second trailer uh, and we have a breakdown for you guys. I have a couple big takeaways. I know Ryan not being a necessarily diehard star Wars fan has some opinions too, but, <laughs> but Ryan, did you see the first trailer? uh i yeah uh, the one that we yeah from a couple like weeks a ago yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yep we covered that short. one short <laughs> covered that one too it was very short but the second one here gave a gave a whole bunch of cool things in this takeaway i mean basically i think that there this my take on this or my initial thoughts on the second solo trailer um, again, part of the Star Wars franchise. We're not familiar with it. Han Solo is getting a origin story, if you will, and uh, they're choosing a different actor and a different guy to play it. But uh, damn it, I'm sure it's going to be great. So the biggest takeaway I had from this is that there, the 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 movie is going to have some swashbuckling, right? Some Wild West kind of stuff, and there's going to be some Ocean's Eleven style heist uh, mixed with Star Wars flair that makes it seem like it's going to be a little bit more upbeat than say a Rogue One. But it will definitely be just as as fulfilling as in there's going to be some ups, some downs, some explanations, some unnecessary blaster stories about how <laughs> Han Solo got that thing, which which really I didn't need to see. And this whole movie I don't need to see. But either way, this 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 movie Solo, a Star Wars. Oh, how we got the blaster. It opens on May 25th, and yes, okay. Ryan, you will see all that stuff. Um, okay, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, very interesting. This last trailer was was very cool because it showed a lot more of the shenanigans that young Han gets into. It showed uh, how Chewie is 190 years old. Did you yeah, see that? I did. Yeah. He's, he's like, you're 190? You look damn good for 190 <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> so, like. yeah, that's exactly what he said. So it's, <laughs> okay. it's, it's funny. So, like, I looked back at the Star Wars timeline. So the original series, like the original uh, New Hope in 1977, he was... Chewie was was 
200 years even 200 years on the dot on the button and then if you look at the timeline from the force awakens she was about 234 so it's been 34 years so the force awakens happened so when he said that Chewie's 190, it's it's the Star Wars way of identifying where this falls in the timeline. So essentially, to appease the hardcore Star Wars fans, when you look at Alden Ironreich, who is the Han Solo uh, actor, he doesn't look like Han Solo. He has the same, he's trying to portray the same mannerisms and deliver the, the lines the same way, but he's certainly not Han Solo. But that's okay, because 10 years ago, I, I didn't look that different. But I, I probably did look a little different than I did right now. Uh, I've known you for about 10 or 11 years now, Donnie, <laughs> and you look the same. But <laughs> we A little bit more <laughs> handsome now? A little more distinguished? Uh, yeah. Got some grays <laughs> in my beard? We both have rings, so... <laughs> That's true. That part's different, I guess. But <laughs> all I'm saying is that it was nice to see a, a line in the sand before they actually acknowledged where in the timeline it fell. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, and I think, you know, if, if you're going into the movie expecting to see Harrison Ford as the young Han Solo, you were, yeah, you're, you've you're got the wrong, up, yeah, right. You're, you're setting yourself up to write the worst Yelp review in the world, or what's that other website? Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. You're, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're going to have your own expectations. I thought that they did a really good job from what I could see uh you know not in, in the trailer and uh, didn't give away too much of what's going to happen i did like the fact that we got to see woody harrelson in 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 the preview too i thought that was kind of cool he kind of plays a lot of really cool parts so i'm interested to know what his role in the whole thing is uh and you know maybe one day we'll be talking about uh making a an origin story for him but never mind that uh no that's just, yeah you're just shaking your head <laughs> yeah not going to happen <laughs> not going to no, happen but we are we are, we but are it's kind of cool. It so. is cool. It's very cool, and it's cool to see uh, mud troopers, which is a new start. You know, stormtrooper edition. There, they were um, uh, fighting in the trenches, so that's kind of cool to see. Every Star Wars movie, they they added um, different characters, of course, different troopers, different ships, different things. So there were some cool things that were revealed in that trailer. One of those things, which I don't know if you noticed before, but I shared it in the group again, uh, Craft Brews and Geek News and Facebook, our Facebook group. It was a th- Therm Scissor Punch. Did you see that guy in the uh, gambling room where Lando was? He was there. Uh, he's got like big tendrils off his face and giant claws. His, giant, his name is Therm Scissor Punch, which is a <laughs> sweet name. But that's funny. He, he was, um, yeah, he was there in the casino scene and they kind of highlighted him a little bit as, as Han pushed his chips in. You can see his face in the background. So I think there's a lot to look forward to in this movie. I think that, um, I was not necessarily looking forward to it, but damn it, if I'm not, um, I'm not on board right now. So now what date does that come out again? So this comes out May 25th here in the States. So anybody of our listeners overseas, uh, maybe different, but yeah, Solo, a Star Wars story opens in theaters May 25th. So Ryan, I anticipate that we will be there, at least you and I. Uh, Laos has already expressed this interest that he may or may not be involved, but we will certainly be there. At least I can assume we will be. So yeah, so that's the uh, so that's the, the solo piece of it. I mean, I think the movie's gonna be badass. I'm very much excited for it. I think that Ryan, we can definitely put some in the books to, to try and make something memorable for everybody out there that's listening now. What do you think? You, you think we can we can we can definitely leverage that and, and have some fun? I definitely do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Go ahead. No, I was I was gonna say maybe the uh the the well we'll we'll talk about it. yeah uh, let's go with some ideas yeah 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 right. <laughs> so I've got one last thing and then I want to kick it to you just for for your commentary but there was some announcements that happened literally like today the uh, the Lord of the Rings TV series came out um, there was an Amazon Netflix HBO Go kind of bid that came out uh, several several months ago about who's gonna have this Lord of the Rings TV series so. Amazon just signed a $250 million deal to, to begin the production within two years now, um, hmm. which is which is meaning that show will be on the way by November 2019 at the very latest. So um, that's very cool. But but all three, Amazon, Netflix, HBO, have all been in talks of acquiring it. But $250 million will mean that this is the most expensive TV show ever to be produced, something to the likes of you know, Game of Thrones, except more expensive and on Amazon. So this show is reported at a $1 billion budget, which is, again, it's going to be the largest budget in television history. Uh, it's pretty awesome. I've heard there's going to be a five series uh, start to it. And what will it be about? Well, they've got things like uh, The Hobbit, and of course, the original <laughs> trilogy to think through, but there's a about a thousand years ahead of that, um, and after that, they could play with. So I think it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. But Brian, I don't know how strong of a Lord of the Rings you know fan you are, but as we're wrapping the story up, give me your quick hits on it. Well, you know, they definitely did a great job with the movies. I've never read the books, but I think that there's enough. Did you watch the old cartoon? And there's a cartoon. Yeah, the old like you didn't watch in elementary school. Like I watched in elementary school, like in the nineties, and it was like Wait. Bilbo's. It was Bilbo's like story about the ring, and there was a spider what? man. You don't remember that? It's on YouTube. You, I'll, I'll send you a link. I probably would remember it, but you would I, remember I, it. I mostly remember half days and watching the Magic School Bus and <laughs> uh, reading Rainbow. That was yeah. always fun with a brown paper. <laughs> Why did they give us brown paper bag lunches on half days? I have no idea. But anyway, maybe maybe you didn't get that up in Michigan or whatever. But um, <laughs> Orlando, it's fine. <laughs> well, well. Anyway, yeah. What was I saying? I would I totally interrupted you. Yeah, forgot my train of thought. But no, I, th I think that there's enough to play with. That's we'll, we'll we'll see how. I mean, God damn, they made nine hours worth of movies. How long is the series gonna go? That's my biggest question. It's, it's gonna be a bad. marathon. <laughs> I still wish Netflix was doing it, but I understand Amazon's got the the coverage for it. So they have the bankroll, and I think this will literally be something that sets Amazon apart. Because at the same time, in two years from now, Disney will also be launching their Amazon, Netflix, whatever you want to say, kind of competition. So um, Amazon's got a really hard road to face in terms of how they stay competitive. Netflix has the market, right? They put Blockbuster out of business, but it doesn't mean they can hold it. Yeah, Disney's going to launch their own service. Redbox is going to be more aggressive. Amazon, Amazon's going to kill kill it too. I mean, it's really going to be competitive here in the but, near future. But Netflix has a lot of really good, I mean, they, and they do a really good job with their TV shows, but Netflix has a lot of variety. And, you know, this is, I'm going to bring up another show whilst we're talking about this one. Um, a show that I've been rec recently watching out of Canada is called Travelers. If you haven't seen it, it's a kind of it's a movie kind of based like uh, in the future, but in the present time. What I mean by that is that the uh, future world develop a technology to come back to the past 
and take over bodies of people that are literally about to die. So there's like a countdown menu and the people that are about to die, there's a brain that's inserted into them or like a, something or other. And they take over these host bodies from the future and they try to change the world. That's awesome. That, that's on Netflix now. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I've, I'm hooked. I've not been hooked on a show like this since Dragon Ball Z. And I can honestly say that there's two seasons out right now, but season three just got started in march and believe if i read the article correctly netflix is actually part of the uh directing and all of that with this with this new show and 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 third season so i feel like netflix does it really well so i'm getting (laughs) calls from the crowd here (laughs) hi cora um okay well i'll give you some in a minute (laughs) hold on um but she's like i want milk okay I feel like Netflix does a really good job with their show. So I don't think Netflix is going to go anywhere. And honestly, I like a little competition, but I consider myself a Prime member and a Netflix member. So well, I don't yeah, know if he, I'll sign up for the Disney movies unless they put on there all the old Disney Ryan, like Bambi Ryan, and stuff like you've, that. You've got two girls. Let's be freaking real for a yeah. second. You, you already have a lifetime subscription to the Disney uh, Netflix. So let's, honestly. So yeah. so but I'm just saying now you've got you've got Prime. You've got Netflix. You've got Amazon Prime Video, whatever that may be. If there's an additional cost, which at the moment there is not. There's PlayStation, right? There's there's the Redbox, maybe which is coming. There's the Disney thing. There's there's you know there's so many Hulu. If you're a Hulu man, a Pandora man, got rid of Hulu. You're talking about like <laughs> two hundred. <laughs> but you're talking about two hundred dollars in monthly subscriptions that now replaces your cable bill, right? As a cord cutter, near do you now have have the equivalent, if not more, than your cable bill used to be? So, so it is going to become over overbearing. Uh, we will see how this kind of plays out. But uh, Ryan, okay, let's let's we're going to skip through a couple things here. You've got something coming up I want to talk about, and then I've got an announcement coming up that, that's going to lead us into our next couple episodes here. Not only are we going to talk about um, some of that stuff that we, we already covered tonight that, that's upcoming, including Temple Terrace Craft Beer Fest and, and some of these other beer fests that are coming up, but um, go ahead. Tell me what's, what's coming up on your horizon here, well, and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you the skivvy on mine, and we'll, we'll just kind of call it a night. Yeah, so Sunday afternoon, Ashley and I will be setting sail, and we are going to Haiti, Jamaica, and Cozumel on a cruise. And I am going to be looking forward to all of the craft beer that I can find on this cruise. Sorry for any distortion in my volume real quick. <laughs> my microphone got caught in Cora's hair. Um, Odds are it's going to be a bunch of red stripe and crap-ass beer. Good luck I finding craft beer. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be hard because you're going to be forced into those tourist bottlenecks, but we'll see. Well, I did pay for the drinking package, and so as long as they have at least one IPA, I will be fine. Um, trust me, you'll not, just drink vodka the whole time. <laughs> no, you're, you're going to default to Amstel Light, which is the only really anti-whatever, which is still part of the system. But it's better than Bud Light or Corona, in my opinion. I've never had an amp still. Well, you'll, you'll, trust me, you'll drink probably a thousand of them before you come back. Really? <laughs> that they sounds terrible. They have Heineken's, Coronas, Amstel's, and Budweiser is usually what they have on those boats. Well, uh, I'll find a craft beer bar because I think there is one on this cruise. It's a big cruise ship. so Good. Hopefully there is. I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll find something. You, if you not, are, I will be going to a uh, craft beer bar in. Port Canaveral. Hold on one second whilst I get the name of that place. Uh, well, I can't. Never mind. Just uh, I, I am going to visit one craft beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. 
it had to happen right. towards the end of the podcast. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. It's all good. So that's good. So you guys enjoy yourselves. Uh, be safe and, and take lots of pictures, take video, take whatever you can. It's appropriate to share. And we will talk to you guys when you get back from that. Yes. Um, again, and got... thanks to you for letting me borrow your GoPro. I really no, no appreciate problem. it. No, no problem. <laughs> uh, please do, though. Like, document it because you trust me, you, you'll want to look back on that in a few years. And, 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 you know, it'll be nice to have. The only announcement that I have is that we have made really good friends with our with our good buddies at the Pico Brew, uh, home brew, automated brewing, whatever you want to say. They partnered with us to to hand out a uh, one of their machines that we can actually test and kind of learn and see and review what their Pico Brew C Model C actually does and how it performs compared to to home brew. So if y'all do join us on May 19th at Temple Terrace Craft Brew Fest, tickets now available, templeterracecraftbrewfest.com, you will see uh, that we will be there in representing the uh, the new Pico C, which is going to be a really cool experiment for us. And so I'm very excited to see how it works out, how it plays out, the beer it kind of makes, and I'll have some of that beer on site to test at Temple Terrace Craft Brew Fest. So I do hope to see you guys. And that device, the Pico C, will be arriving here at my house tomorrow. So I'll be testing it out over the weekend. And I should have beer as early as next week to report on. If not, I'll definitely have a couple bottled and ready to go for for the the festival on May 19th. So I'm excited for that, Ryan. I'm excited too. I'm interested to see how convenient and um, compact everything is to, to... to brewing and you know it might be cool for um little test beers too so let's test let's beers good use test beers and consistency that's all i'm trying to prove with this thing there it is. We, we will do a uh so it reminds me of the ballad of john henry uh the man versus cool. steam drill uh essentially he was he was tasked with in this famous folklore folklore of of he was a an african-american nine foot tall steel driving man that was tasked with hammering a steel drill into rock to make holes for explosives well there was a steam powered machine that could do it or was promised to do it faster uh john henry therefore challenged this steam powered machine which is exactly what the pico brew is steam powered um it, it does it actually brews beer uh by heating up steam and then and, and heating up your grains and, and mashing it all together in that format um this is a historical kind of quote-unquote real story there are historical aspects that are correct but i want to put this to the test john henry as an Ryan Broodboy 813, uh, man versus machine, and see who makes the more consistent beer. I am ready for the challenge of man versus machine, Donnie. Okay. I am ready to take right. on that machine. Okay. So, so but we'll in a see. positive way. Thank you. I, I, I totally agree. So, we'll, we'll, we'll <clears throat> kick it back to, to 1870 and we'll all uh, figure out who's best here in the man versus machine battle. Uh, but in the meantime, this has been. Yet another episode, episode 64, by the way. Next episode will be 65, and that should be in two weeks. Ryan will be back from his cruise. I will have brewed a beer, and we should have a good, interesting uh, conversation here for you guys. And we do appreciate everyone to listen to as we end every episode of the podcast. Ryan, do you, uh, well, before we do that, of course, how do you get a hold of us? Ryan, you go first. Yeah, uh, Broodboy813 at uh, or on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and you can also find us on the Craft News and Geek News Facebook page. So, yeah, definitely check us out and um, send us a, a request to become part of the group. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we, we only limit it just because we want people in there to make good conversation, positive conversation. If you don't, we will bounce your ass. So please get in there <laughs> and, just, and just be cool, man. We all want to talk about the same kind of stuff. We love geek news. We love craft brews. My name is Donnie again at Brewmasters Club on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everything you can imagine. Uh, please do contact the show using hashtag, hashtag Brewmasters Club cast. And we look forward to seeing you guys the next time as we end every single episode. Ryan, what is the phrase we say? Never shake hands with dirty fingers. That's great. That's great. That's great. I really was hoping like Cora was going to be back in the picture at that point. I I hope that was great because that was what I was thinking about for the last 30 seconds. I was like, how can I do this? Finish (laughs) like what what's my finishing phrase here? And I was like, all right, this sounds good. We'll just do it. (laughs) Yeah. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, craft brews and geek news. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers. Cheers.